Welcome to the Level Up Podcast, brought to you by Century 21, the Harrelson Group, featuring masterminds with real estate leaders, coaches, and influencers, plus eye-opening strategy sessions with up-and-coming agents. You'll learn exactly how to go from agent to entrepreneur. And now, let's get to the latest episode of Level Up. Okay, here we are. Greg Harrelson here with the Level Up uh, podcast, going from agent to entrepreneur. I have got a great friend, a mentor, somebody that I've looked up for, looked up to for many years as a guest today. His name is Neil Swartz. Of course, he's a, also a fellow uh, Century Twenty One franchise owner um, out of uh, out of California. So I will uh, just go ahead and introduce him real quick. Have him say a couple words, and we'll jump right into um, conversations that I think you guys are going to get a ton of value out. Um, what I want you to be aware of is this, is you are getting ready to hear somebody that is very wise. And I'm not <laughs> saying that he's wise because he's a little bit older than I am. Older. No, no, no. It's because of your experience and because of the exposure that you've had for so many years. So with all that being said, Neil, thank you so much for joining me. I really, really appreciate this. Well, Greg, Greg, it's, it's my honor. I mean, uh, we've been, we've been uh, following each other, bouncing off each other for, for years. And I think this is one of the first times that we've had an opportunity to come together in this kind of a format. So, yeah. So thank you for the opportunity. I, I look forward to it. We are in challenging times. Yes, we are. We are. Hey, Neil, first, tell, um, tell us, where are you exactly located? Um, and um, how long have you been you know, in the business? How long have you owned Century 21? How many agents you have? Just something basic so people can put things in perspective. So kind of like the Reader's Digest version. Yes, yes. Real yeah, quick so they get a perspective of who we are or who you are. So, so thanks, Greg. Um, we are Century 21 Masters. We are service uh, three counties in the Los Angeles area. We've been in business. Um, we started at the company in 1989, but I've actually been in business since 1972, 44 years uh, listing and selling and managing real estate. Um, so the Orange County, 200 real estate agents. We have Orange County, LA County, uh, Riverside and San Bernardino counties. Um, we do about 1,800 to 2,000 transactions a year. Um, and uh, we've got a very hard charging, very focused, uh, very consistent uh, kind of company. So uh, not sure what else we would put yeah. on that. You know, I think, you know, one of the things that you and I enjoy is we've, um, we've both been, um, you know, coached by, in my mind, and don't mean to offend any other coach, but uh uh, we've been coached by, you know, to me, one of the greatest minds in real estate and, and Mike Ferry. And I think, were you one of the first, if not the first one-on-one -on -one coaching client of Mike? So I think the way Mike and I talk about it is I may have been one of his first clients, um, paying type clients. Yeah. Um, going back 40 something years. Uh, I was one of his first coaches um, when we went into one-on-one -on -one coach. When Mike opened up this one-on-one -on -one coaching, there was Mike Ferry, Tim Wood, Neil Schwartz, Bob McKenna, 
uh, Matt Ferry, Tom Ferry, th there was the five of us. And um, so who came first is always a, a little <laughs> bit of an argument there. You know, the guys are always duking it out. Yeah. But, um, you know, Mike came in and asked us to help him out because it, you know, he, he started with 12 clients. Um, one day he just said, hey, I'm going to do this. Boom, he got 12 clients and then had another 200 right behind them. And he obviously couldn't handle those. So he was looking for people that had, um, had his vision, his ideas, his, his grasp of the system. And, um, and, you know, we were able to do that. So I worked professionally for him as a coach for four or five years while still running my own company and building my own company. And then pulled, he pulled me out of coaching, gave me a position as the coach of coaches for a while. But at the end of the day, um, I, I focused on my own agents. I, I don't coach has been years. I think you coached for Mike for a little while too, didn't you? I did. I sure did. Yeah. 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 And what happens is, is, is while that's very satisfying and ego gratifying, um, our money, our focus, our time, our effort, our energy comes from our own companies, correct? Yeah, yeah. I think developing talent within your own operations is the um, is is probably gives us the highest return on our time, um, and uh, be, be, because you're you're in it for the long haul with them, right? It's not just when, when I was coaching um, with Mike. One of the things I called Mike up and I said, Mike, I I'm not going to be able to coach with you anymore. And I said, but I'm still going to stay in coaching. And, um, and I said, I'm just going to coach my own company. And, um, and, and that was the whole decision is like, I, you know, when I was coaching like you, you know, you would coach somebody and then there was this company owner that was benefiting by having their agent coached by say you or I, or any other, any coach and the agent and the company wasn't even involved. And I'm like, man, that, the, the owner's getting all this benefits, not putting any risk out. And that, the, the, you know, I'm the one that has the relationship with the agent. So I just said, you know what, this works for my brokerage. And I think that's what you found too, because yeah, I, I think you're one of the early pioneers of all this coaching that you are doing for your company. And I mean, I don't know how many, I, I must've seen hundreds of your videos. I, I, I dare to say thousands, because I don't know how many you have, but I mean, every time I looked, I would be seeing a video of you coaching your company. Standing up, you know, up front. Yeah, thank you. Uh, actually, it is interesting. Somebody asked me the, the other day, how many videos, YouTube videos did we have? And um, I went up there and did some research on it. And we, we I got to about 1,100 and, and it was just too confusing. Uh, <laughs> but there are, there are in two or three places over 1,100 videos of my sales meeting, et cetera. It, yeah. Do you know how this whole thing started? Uh-uh, I don't think now, so. So, so um, it was, it's kind of twofold. Um, it was in the days of the cassettes and I would do a presentation um, and I wanted to get better, okay? So it was, that was part of it. The other part was that I was doing these talks and these agents were getting it, kind of, but I was thinking of my children and my grandchildren, uh, which I didn't have any at the time. This goes back 25 years ago. Um, and I said, gee, I, I, I should record these for, 
for my children's posterity. So I actually started recording. The first recordings in cassette on cassette were were first to keep for my children and grandchildren should they ever wake up one day and say, hey, let's see what dad had to say. Let's see what grandpa had to say. Because sometimes, you know, look, I, I don't have to tell you. I mean, you, when I listen to the stuff you do, it's brilliant. And it's stuff that our children, God bless them, uh, you know, they can love us and want to be with us and spend time with us. But it's like, you know, it's enough already. It's enough. Dad, stop yeah. it. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, right now, that's what they're saying. Right. But, you know, yeah. later on, you know, oh. you know just because like you and you've met my dad. It's been years because you've met my dad because yeah. he used to come to the Mike Ferry events. And, uh-huh. you know, and I finally at that stage, I've turned 50 and I'm realizing how smart my dad really is. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, he's just getting now that he's 80, he's gotten smart all of a sudden. Right. And uh, I guess my listening has just changed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we just, we just, we realize every day that something happens when, when something happens that, wow, you know, he'd said that, or she said that, or mom said that, or dad said that, um, or even with our own agents today, you know, sometimes I play, I play you to our company. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause your message and my message have some similarities. You come at it a little bit different. You're much more, you're much younger and more handsome. (laughs) <laughs> so they may resonate, they resonate with that a little bit better because, because right now I'm dad. Okay. Yeah. And they're not hearing it. So I bring you in and I bring Mike in, or I bring in somebody Then they say what they say. And all of a sudden they go, wow, what a great idea. I had never considered. Did you realize that previewing is really important? Gosh, that's really great. Yeah. You know, I've been talking about previewing for 45 years, right? 44 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they just got it. So that was the, the first thing was for the children, for posterity, so to speak. The second thing was to get better. Because mm-hmm. what, what I started doing was uh, I asked Mike, I said, look, I want to become a better presenter. Um, I want to present better with my recruiting skills. I want to present better here in, the, in front of people. I said, I'm going to send you a tape every week. I'm going to ask you to listen to it. I'm going to ask you to critique me. But the most important piece here is that I know that just you, my thinking you're going to watch it is going to make me better. Mm. If I just think you're going to watch it, I'm going to get better. And it's what kind of what I call the show off factor, Greg. And um, you know, Mike occasionally would call me and he would, you know, he'd say, hey, Neil, you know, because even today uh, I, I'm coached by Mike Ferry every week. Um, he'll call me and say, hey, uh, what in the heck were you thinking when you said blah, blah, blah? And um, so I know he was paying attention to it. Uh, and it's been really, really helpful. So A, it was for the children. And then B, it was for me to get better. Yeah. You know, Neil, I, I picked up on a few things that you said and, you know, I, I, you know, I, we all have our own listening, right. And, and for some reason, what resonated with me is a few things that are important to me when people ask me, um, what do you think makes a great leader? And one of the things that I say is this, a great leader 
is okay being a great follower. And you just said, Mike Ferry's still coaching me. Like most people, when they get to your level, they feel like they've arrived and they don't need anyone else to coach them. But that's just not it. Like we still have these mentors, right? And these coaches and like, like myself, you know, I, I have like you, I'm just fully entrenched in Mike Ferry information all the time. So I think for the audience, you know, if there's something you need to pick up out of what he said, he says, he's still coached by Mike after all these years. That's the importance that I think that's it that shows also the integrity and the authenticity, Neil, in a company that you've built while you're saying to others, Hey, look, I will coach you. Here's the content. I'm going to develop you and help build your business. You're walking the walk and having somebody do the same versus just um, telling people, no, listen to me as if the buck stops here. That's one thing. The other thing you're talking about when you're recording it and, and whatnot, then that in itself was a, 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 was a level of accountability that you put in, 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 in place to make sure that you elevated your game. And that's the whole reasons why we do things like role play, record our scripts, because then we're putting ourselves out there, almost putting ourselves on record. And when we, when we know we're going on record, then we're going to step up our game. And that just makes you better and better and better. Would you say that all those recordings and coaching that you did, did that make you a better coach? Or was that just memorializing, um, you know, everything that you already knew? Well, thank you. Um, no, you're exactly right. It, it, it makes you better. It's, it's actually one of the tools we use today where we record the listing presentation of our agents virtually uh, through Zoom, et cetera, et cetera. We ask them to do that every single day. If they're not on a listing presentation, then they need to be recording their uh, their presentation or they're practicing their pre-qualifying. Everything they do, look, the, the scripts and dialogues, the, record, the, the recruiting questions, the, the coaching questions, the, the, you know, Greg, you know, after listening to so many tapes, uh, you know, you, you have the same thing. In five minutes, five minutes, I don't need to listen to 30 minutes worth of a tape. I can listen for five minutes and tell you, you know, you need to get better here. You need to get better here. The tonality, you know, all, all of, all of the issues, all of the things that, that need to be done. I mean, and, and you need to be versatile and you need to flow with it. You know, Greg, I got up this morning, I've got two computers, four screens. I have double net internet in, in, in my facility here. I am all ready. I am focused and ready to go. And yet, <laughs> this morning, yeah. I get on and nothing's working right. So I just, I said to you, hey, give me, where's my cell phone? I clicked it on. So I don't have my Zoom screen. I don't have my virtual screen behind me. You know what you get to see? You get to see my open window out to my front yard. Yes. You know, because, and, and I'm functioning. I look like I'm calm. I'm relaxed. I'm making a presentation. Um, you have to be ready for this stuff and sometimes practice it. You have to practice falling down so that I can, you know, in two, three minutes, boom, I'm up and running and I'm having a conversation with you. And, and this 
it, this, I don't make 15 or 20 or $50,000 on this presentation, but our agents make 10 to $20,000 on their presentation and they better be ready. And if the camera doesn't work, they had better practice how to make the other camera work. That's right. That makes sense? Yeah, it makes completely sense. So, you know, we're talking about exercise and versatility, but I also, so I know you, you're very prompt, you're very on time, you seem to be very organized. Every th time I've experienced you, that's how you are. So before we, you know, get on, I'm sitting here, okay, making sure that I'm on time, which I, I'm typically on time also. And I was noticing, like, here you are, the camera's not working. I can't hear you. I'm talking to you. I'm calling you on your cell phone um, and whatnot. And what I realized with you is what you were doing is you were responding to the circumstances, but you were not reacting to them. You weren't reacting. Nope. You were just responding. This is, this is the point. And we were, we talked and we brainstorm this all the time, this stuff like this all the time. And, and, and even this whole uh, pandemic, this whole virtual, this whole quarantine and lockdown. Greg, this is an example of, it's not what happens to you that matters, it's how you react to it. And this little microcosm of what happened this morning and kind of threw, didn't throw me off, threw the game off slightly, and I wasn't, I, we, I was on a couple minutes late, although I was here and ready, you know, waving, but nothing was happening, um, is really, really interesting. And, and, um, and, and, you know, March 16th in California, we went in a lockdown. March 16th. March 17th, I was up and running with my virtual office. We had closed everything down on the 16th. We closed all of our offices down on the 16th. We unplugged the internet in the offices on the 16th. We took all the admin out of the offices on the 16th. Everybody went home to work. And on the 17th, we were up and running with our virtual office. Again, it's not what happens to you. It's how you react to it. And in the last 45 days of quarantine, our company did 184 sales in those 45 days and took 102 listings, we were and are still crushing it and being kind of competitive. You know, I share these numbers with you all the time. Yeah. We don't have any other companies that are outperforming our company because every single day we're working with our agents to help them get a little bit better, which is really the same thing you do. That, I guess that's why we like talking to each other. Yeah. I can finish yeah. your sentence and you can finish mine with regard to what we want our agents to be doing activity-wise in a general day or week or month. So, so let me ask you this, because um, one of the things that you know, I, I, I work on is when, somebody, when something occurs let's just say, and it's out of the ordinary, it's unexpected, not anticipated. Um, for you, if somebody, some, a curveball's thrown at you, like COVID-19, can you like tell me, what does your mind immediately go to? Because you just said, on the 16th, you did this, and on the 17th, you were, you were fully open as a virtual, you know, as a virtual entity, per se. Um, but like, if we could go back to, like, 
do when 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 COVID nineteen hit and you said okay we've got to do something do you tend to say oh crap and then worry do you tend to stress do you tend to silence your mind and go into a meditative state for five minutes like how do you make the mental transition between holy crap to I'm going on the offense and going to take care of this. Like what goes on in a mind like yours? Because I think that's really, really important. It's a a very interesting question and I, I appreciate that and I will ponder it more later. But my knee jerk reaction to that is this is the problem, identifying the problem. And then based on who I am and what I've done in the past, this is what I need to do. So mm. I know, I, I knew, I know I have to keep my people in, act, in action. I have to keep them in action and I have to keep them calm. All right. So if I'm not calm, they can't be calm. It's not going to happen. Okay. So I, I, I just have to react calmly. By the way, there are times you bring my wife into the room, she will tell you that I am not calm. Okay. Yeah. But that, but that I work to being the calming force, um, to lead the people, so to speak. All right. Um, you know, Greg, it's, 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 I've always had this in my head where I see something that happens and then There's something in my head that helps me make it better, whether it's a listing presentation, whether it's, you know, the way the office looks, whether it's uh, the systems that we're working on, whatever it is. There was a moment, see, we were working as a company and we were, quote unquote, in quarantine and locked down. Um, And we were told by the governor of the state and some of the things that we could do and that we, uh, we couldn't do. And that was fine. Um, and at the time, he said we weren't essential. And okay, well, you know, that that we, he did change his mind on that. But the California Association of Realtors came out with some rules and regulations that basically said our agents couldn't do anything. And and at some point, you have to make a stand. You have to stand and say, no, look, you know, there that was their opinion. That was their opinion. It, I took it that my, in my opinion, we have the opportunity, we have the obligation to work. I had to find a way for my people safely to make money. Mm-hmm. That's my job every single day. I know that's your job. How can I help my people make money? So when the six, on the 16th, we were closing the office. On the 17th, through that whole evening, you know, I'm opening my computers. I had my IT guy bring in another uh, screen. Um, you couldn't buy a camera. We had to go, you know, I paid premiums for cameras. You know, who, who considered all that kind of garbage? Right. So we did. We went and we paid premiums for cameras, and we, we tried to put as many people on, on the system as we could um, in anticipation of... I have to help my people open and close a a deal. I have to help them get a listing. What can I do to do that? Greg, that's what goes through my head every single day. When, um, When we were looking for business during COVID, 
um, we found through some, a little bit of research it's that 30% of all transactions went that went pending were vacant. Okay, so okay, great. So now we need to find more vacant houses because those are the ones that are going pending. So then we looked at for rent by owners. We looked at Airbnb. Airbnb was being and is still being crushed. You know, I mean that's is, but it's a little hard to find their their addresses and their phone numbers. Uh, but we work on that every single day. It's tedious. But the for rent by owners, we own that market in our marketplaces because those are all properties that are going to um, um, could sell. Yeah, could sell. And the owners of a rental, at least in California, you can't foreclose on a tenant. You can't evict a tenant right now. Well, if you can't evict the tenant and you just rented to a tenant, you know, and then all of a sudden they stop paying you for six months, that you're you're dead in the water. So we that's my job. That's what I look for every single day. Greg, they were talking about shutting us down and not letting us do anything. And I had just gotten off the phone with you and you said your your state was way, a little bit more open. Yeah. So I actually had built a business plan that night. I still have it here on my desk. I was going to call guys like you, friends like you, and have my team make calls from California to your states and then refer the business to you and my people would make some money. Yeah. That's where my head goes every single day. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So first of all, for the audience, please understand, he didn't say he needed to figure out how he was going to make money. He said, I've got to help them make money. And he right. kept, he, even if that meant they had to get out of their box and, and start conducting calls in another state, like you were just going to go through the list of all the different ways that you could help them make money. And then if you, if you hit an obstacle or a roadblock on one way, you go to the next one and then go to the next one. But failing was not going to be an option. Not right. making, wasn't, them not making money was not an option. Well, certainly not as long as I could figure a way for that. Look, I, they, have, they have telephone skills. They're smart. They're versatile. They know their scripts. They know their dialogues. Um, you know, I knew that as good as your team is and as great as your team is, you're not talking to everybody every day. So let me help you. <laughs> That's right. Hey, well, let's switch gears a little bit. Okay. So just in, in general, uh, from real estate agent perspective, um, I got a question from uh, one of my agents and that I'm helping her with. And I just thought I would ask that with you. And that is, what would you tell, I wrote it down here. What would you tell an agent that comes to you? They might be a little bit frustrated with their current level production. That doesn't mean they're at zero and want to go to 10. It doesn't mean really any number. They're just frustrated with their level of production. And they're saying, hey, look, with this whole COVID-19, I, I would really just, I'd like to reinvent myself. I want to restart. I want to just like do it right and, 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 and break through and, and really make something out of my career. What, what, what tips or advice would you give them, either whether it's mental or strategic or tactical? So I appreciate that. Uh, actually, we're doing that with, with a number of people with our mastermind with Neil Schwartz. We get some agents and interview them. I actually did a coaching call with a gal this last week on our mastermind live thing. It was very, very interesting. So first, Greg, 
I would ask them some questions and try to get into their head as to what they are doing and uh, what their why is. What, why do they do that? What's important to them? I have a saying, this is kind of where I come from. I don't say this to them right up front, but at some point I'll have this conversation with them after I ask them a lot of questions because I need to qualify the client, okay? So that, that would be the first thing. So they need to either ask these questions themselves, they need to have their broker, manager, accountability partner do that. They need to get a coach to do that. But sometimes you can't, you can't, do, this, you can't do this yourself. Look, the greatest athletes in the world all have two or three coaches, not one. Okay. The greatest athletes of the world, they spend money and I mean big money on that. Well, you know, you're coaching, I'm coaching, we're in accountability groups. Uh, You and I meet every week on a a Friday morning for you. It's nine o'clock, but for me, it's six in the morning for me to have a conversation with you for, you know, 45 minutes to just get my head right. You know, you challenge me, you know, the, the greatest question I get usually from my wife, because <laughs> she didn't come from the real estate business. Why do you do that? <laughs> Why are you doing that? Yeah. You know, she'll, she says that to me all the time. And of course I have to, it, it puts me back. So I do the same thing with the agents, but the first thing is I would ask the questions and get, get somebody to ask you those questions. And then the other thing is um, I say to them, you are where you are because it's okay with you. Mm. You are where you are because it's okay with you. And that goes for any level. That's three deals a year, one deal a year, or the guys and gals at a hundred deals a year. I, I kid with some of my top people that are making, you know, close to a million, a million, over a million. I kid with them all the time. Because none of them ever hit their goals. They fail at a really high level, Greg, but they never hit their goals. But here's the key. And this is what I would double check. It's it's okay not to hit your goals. That's my personal philosophy. Some other people may say, no, 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 you have to hit every goal that you you shoot for. Mine is you don't have to hit the goal. Not hitting the goal isn't the failure. The failure is not doing the activities to reach the goal. For that, there is no excuse. Mm-hmm. Have the goal and know that I have to do these activities to reach that goal. But you didn't do those activities. That's yeah. not okay. So then we have to go back in. What I found um, is, for instance, this gal I was coaching is to do an analysis of where you do get your business. All right, wherever that is. And then where are you spending your time? So in her case, she got um, 70% of her business came from two areas. One was from expireds and one was from past client and sphere. Okay. However, when we ask the next question, so tell me uh, if you prospect, let's say in her case, she prospected. Um, three hours a day, 200 days a year, 600 hours. In the 600 hours you prospected, what percentage was on past client and sphere and what percentage was on expireds? And it was uh, 
almost 80% of her time, almost 85% of her time was on the expireds and 15 to 20% of her time was on the uh, past client and sphere. But the past client and sphere, so she made, she was spending so much time on expireds and her results were here and her, she was spending this much time on the past client sphere, but she was making this much more money. So that alone, we shifted her hours slightly, and she's already picking up more past client and sphere leads, and she's still doing a similar amount expires. She's just spending a little less time there and more time on the past client sphere. And sometimes, Greg, that's all the agent needs to do to add another 10 or 15 deals. And another they don't have to double their business, but another 10 or 15 transactions in our market is worth 150 to $200,000 a year. Hello? Yeah. Do you see sometimes, Neil, that, that like what you just did was almost, I think, too simple for a lot of people? To, to to comprehend like and it's it's kind of weird that I would say that like something could be so simple it's almost unbelievable like versus if you make it more difficult then I believe you're giving me the right answer but then I've got the issue with oh, that's too much I can't do it like right. it's like on one side oh that's too easy so I don't believe it therefore I won't do it and then oh no that's too complicated so I'll never start and never complete and so I won't do it and then we just get stuck in that same kind of level yet frustrated you know right. and, and so I've always thought that you know I I think people sometimes Mike told me one time and it really man this really kind of like made me think and I and I'm like dang it that makes sense he said that a lot of times people fear success more than they fear uh, failure. failure. And, you yeah. know, and I'm just wondering if that's what's going on, right? Like we make it so simple and, uh, and then the agent still doesn't do it as if like, you know, maybe they really fear elevating and getting to the next level. And I just want to say for, for at least my part of all the agents that I've helped, you know, get to certain levels, I've had many that I felt feared success. But when they got became that success, they realized the fear wasn't real. That was just resistance and fear of maybe, maybe could they do it or could they sustain it, you know? So, so I think that's the last word you just said is the issue. And what, what, what Mike, in my opinion, what Mike said is that people, because of fear of success, I, I try to take that one step further because I think people are afraid they then can't do it again. Yeah. So then they'll look bad. Our ego, yeah. our ego is a very interesting thing. Our ego is there. So it, it is set up so we don't look bad in front of others. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And if I do well this year, people are going to say, yeah, 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 yeah. But can you do it again? Okay. Now, they may not say that, but that's kind of what I think they're thinking, all right? Yes. So, so you get, um, it stops you because if, wow, if I do 25 or 50 deals or 100 deals this year, then they're going to expect me to do 100 deals next year. And if I only do 75, then I failed. Well, 75 is still a phenomenal year by almost anyone's standards. 
But we think because we hit 100 and then we move back to 75, you know, it, it's, it's, it, I think at some point it could be our ego and the sustaining, your word, yeah. your word, sustaining stops us. So we, our ego actually has jumped ahead to the next step. And that stops us. That that makes sense to you? Yeah, it, it's almost like we know we can get there, um, but we're just a little bit insecure of whether we can stay there. And then if we don't stay there, then we're worried about, do we let people down? Um, do people look at us and say, oh, I knew they couldn't do it again. And, and, and that, you know, and, and I think going back to something else you said a little earlier is like, you know, there's another benefit of not being so critical on the result, but really measuring the process. And, and, and so like, you know, maybe one way to get over that fear or, or that worry that if you became successful, you can't duplicate it. Then, you know, that's usually us saying, well, if I get to 50 deals, then I'm afraid I can't duplicate it, but why don't, let's just not even have that conversation. How about let's just discuss what the actions are to get to 50 deals and just commit to that. And then you can forget about the 50 deals. Just, you know, it's like me climbing a mountain. Um, when we're hiking up mountains and we're going for days, you know, at some point, matter of fact, I'll tell this little story. I was, there's a great guide that has, uh, has really become very important in my, in my hiking world. His name's Jeff Evans. We were at the bottom of a mountain in Colorado with a group of us and there was a gentleman climbing or hiking with us that day named Ryan. I'm sorry, Aaron, Aaron. And, and, and the guy, Jeff says, you know what Aaron, what advantage Aaron has over us, uh, over everybody in the group. And we were just kind of like confused, but let me just preface this. Aaron's blind. Okay. Aaron is blind and we're getting ready to go hiking for, and do three 14ers, for those hiking in the, in the hiking world, they'll know what that is in one day. Okay. And here's what he said. He says, Aaron can't see the top of the mountain right now. Aaron can't see how far it is. Aaron can't see the terrain that we're going to have to go over. Aaron's not looking at that mountain in the distance saying, wow, this is going to be 10 hours, 12 hours, 16 hours. And because Aaron can't see any of that, the conversation that he's having in his mind versus the conversations you're going to be having in your mind after five hours of struggle and you see we still got 10 more hours, your mind's going to be going all like, why am I doing this? How much further? How much longer? How high is that? Aaron, all he can think about is the next step because the next step is his whole world. The next step that he can't see. While we're looking over there, he can't see any of that. And I think, and, and, and I've climbed with two blind people. Wow. And both of them were extraordinary on the mountain. Extraordinary on the mountain. And, and their minds were just in a different place. They could only think about the next step. And what if real estate agents, Neil, what if, what if we could get all of our agents to just think of, hey, like, let's not worry what tomorrow looks like. Let's just, hey, just one more step. And then one more step. And then three hours later, after one more step for three hours, wow, you've created an extraordinary stuff. So, oh, absolutely. It's a great story. And I, you, I'd never heard that story. And I appreciate you sharing that because that's consistent 
with what we're talking about here about a the sustaining so that kind of goes back to can i do it again yet it it's i have a big thing about one so somebody says to me i need to do 25 deals great mm. so here's what we need to do we need you to get one well, wait a minute i need 25 I, I know i got it we're there we're we're working on that but right now i need you to get one listing or one buyer sale what are you going to do today to get that one because when i get you or help you get the one then we're going to go get you another one mm -hmm. so so that goes back to the reboot or restart of an agent you know they want to uh you know they're stuck at 40 deals or 50 deals or 25 deals or 10 whatever the number is they're stuck at and like you they all they see is the mountain the mountain peak the distance the yes. terrain Th those are those are great metaphors greg i, I love this story thank you i'm gonna i'm gonna steal this yeah um, please please i know no, absolutely because it's i it's just one one of my mentors one of the one of the all-time great real estate agents you'll remember tim wood yes remember tim so Tim Wood for years had this thing, just one. He actually had a little finger on a, on a sheet of paper, just one. So just one more contact, just one more hour, just one more listing, just one more sale, just one. And um, um, it's amazing, you know, so, so take, taking that, but using your metaphor of you can't be, we don't do it because we see too much. So to that point, this is kind of where I think a lot of agents have done well and not done well during COVID. Okay. So I'm kind of getting a little bit off field. Oh, please. I, I was going to ask you a little bit more about COVID and agents right now. So this may be going perfectly. So, so it's during, so COVID, COVID, good, bad, everybody's got different opinions. I look at COVID as being good in certain areas and bad in certain areas. But for us as, as a mindset for understanding, it taught us, our agents, and helped me with metaphors of options. So you get the same questions I get every day. So what do you think, boss? Should I door knock today or should I phone canvas today? Should I do an open house or not do an open house? Should I go to this track of homes or should I go to that track of homes? You know, should I hit for sale by owners or should I hit expired? COVID took all the options away. Yes. In our market, all we could do is use the phone. When an agent came to me and they say, what do I do today? Ha, that was a simple answer. What will the law allow you to do? Oh, the phone. Great. When can we go door knocking? I don't know. Do you want to make money? Yes. Here, here's the phone. Here's the script. Let's practice. You know, then we would also do some uh, predictive analytics to try and find out where the better place was for them to make the phone calls in. And then we'd work on their presentation. So when they did get a lead, you know, they could do something with it. You know, confidence, uh, 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 knowledge equals confidence. So they were able, able to work on that. So all these different things. So the problem now, for us, Greg, and I see this, I saw this as soon as they started opening up, is the agents now have options. They can 
do a little bit of door knocking. They can do a little bit of different things and they're doing it. And now they're stuck because, well, should I go to the left or should I go to the right? Should I talk to this person? Should I talk to that person? Sounds like a comedy routine. (laughs) I I can't believe you're even saying this because, because, you know, I just got through hiking last week with my son. Right. And, you know, and one thing me and my son would, we share. Okay. And anybody that's going to listen to this and hear this is going to just automatically agree. We, we love good food. We, I mean, I mean, we just love good food. Like if I go to a really nice steakhouse, you know, and, um, and I don't bring him one back so he can have steak and eggs in the morning, then, then there's an issue, right? If he knows I went and I didn't bring it back, you know, so we're on the mountain and we're eating on the mountain. And it was rice and vegetables with some little sauce on it. And that was our dinner, right? Um, we don't want to carry too much, right? So that's what it was. And he and I looked at each other and says, man, this is so good. You know, after hours and hours of hiking, this is so good. But the reality is, and him and I, we have this conversation. It's like, it's amazing how good things taste and how simple things are when we didn't have any options. Like if we had an option to go out to any restaurant we wanted, or mom would have prepared any meal that we would have wanted, like we would have had such a difficult time choosing what we wanted to eat. But all the options were taken away and we were served something and we actually enjoyed that meal probably better than we would have enjoyed the process of choosing a better meal. You know, it's just exactly too many options. Too many options. And our industry, Neil, is just our and and it's as if the industry just keeps presenting more and more options and making it more difficult. So, you know, there is a time where tunnel vision, um, at least for a short, short period of time, is probably very beneficial. Like just put your blinders on, do the things that your coach tells you to do for three hours a day, make those calls and you'll reach every goal you've ever wanted to reach. I don't think I've ever reached a real estate goal that I really, really wanted in absent of just increasing the contacts that I had to make. Greg, we're in the talk to people business. And when you talk to people, you make money. When you don't talk to people, you don't. It's very simple. (laughs) Simple. (laughs) You know, I say this all the time. No appointment, no money. No appointment, no money. If you're not on an appointment every week, if you're not on an appointment every day, whatever your goals are, you will make no money, period. End the conversation. How do you get an appointment? Talk to more people. I've, I've asked people, Neil, I've, I've asked agents and I, and I, and I challenge any agent that wants to message me or, um, and whatnot and, and, and share with me a story that will contradict this statement is I don't know a real estate agent that's ever done a transaction that did not originate with a contact. Well, no, I did direct mail. Okay. Well then direct mail. And then they called you and you had a contact. Right. It's just over and over and over again. You know, it's like every transaction we've ever closed started with a contact. So okay. once we know that, then more contacts, more closings, period. That's right. Cool. Very cool. Well, Neil, and that goes back to your point earlier. You, it, you said, you know, sometimes it's so simple that we won't do it. And I think I think people want 
to make it complicated. I, I, you know, I have an investment strategy. Buy one house a year for 15 years, put 20% down, 25% down, keep the house, don't take any money out of the, out of the property, keep putting the money down so that at the end of 15 years, you have a free and clear asset. Even if it doesn't go up in value, you're going to make 15 to 20% uh, return on your investment, on your original investment, and you will have somewhere between eight and uh, $15 million in, in assets, depending on the marketplace, and uh, you know, between five and $20,000 a year in passive income. And the reason they won't do it or don't do it, it's too simple. It's not sexy. Yeah. Yeah, but if you do that, if you just do that, you will win the game at the end. That's that's true. I told my financial advisor. They don't make make the phone calls. All the legend agents like yourself, the agents that do a good amount of business over time, have built a nice database, no matter how big or how small. They figured a way to touch it, whether it's them making the phone call or some kind of system to touch them over time. And they do between 50 and 150 transactions a year, some a little more, some a little less. And they're making you know a million bucks a year on this program. Now, it didn't happen overnight. You can't just dump a thousand names into a system and, and get that out of it. But it's consistency over time will get you what you want. Everybody wants, they want it today. It's the perfect example, the, 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 the metaphor, the fable I use is the tortoise and the hare. Yeah. You know, where the, so I'm the tortoise. You know, I'm 44 years of doing this. I get up, I do my job. I help my agents make money. You know, some years we were a little bit more successful. Some years we're not as successful. But I'm consistent at it. My message is generally very, very, very consistent. We, you and I, similar kind of stuff. And it's we go through that year in and year out. And the agents that follow us do really, really, really well. And the other ones that are trying to get to the finish line faster through some kind of a magic pill or magic whatever it is tend to crash and burn because they. They, they're not consistent. They don't stay with it. They don't have built the disciplines. It's really unfortunate to watch. It, really it is. is. It's kind of painful sometimes, especially when we really care about people and, and them getting to where they want to get to. But, you know, Neil, I have to say, um, thank you so much for taking this time. I mean, you've, you've just, I, you know, I forget that we're recording for an audience right now. And um, because I'm enjoying the conversation, like I'm the audience, right? And I'm really, you know, absorbing and, and taking in. I've got these, uh, you can't see, but I've got this like wall over here. Like, see all that mess in this corner? See, all that mess in that corner is note cards. And when somebody says something, I actually put them down on a note card and then I tape it to my wall. And then when I come into the media room, I just kind of like look at that. And like you said, you are where you are because it's okay with you. And just one more, right? I'm going to just put those on my wall. And then every day I read all these and just reminds me. So thank you for those gifts, those little nuggets. Very Very welcome, Greg. Thank you. And thank you for all that you do for... For the industry, for us, for the mentorship, for the back and forth. I mean, it's a, yeah. it's, um, it's a big, big help. Thank you. 
Yeah. So, hey, if I'm an agent out there and I'm in your area and I'm like, man, I need to talk to this Neil guy because I, you know, I need to, I, I need to get some coaching. Uh, I need to work for, for for a leader like this. You know, what's the best way for somebody to reach out to you? You know, uh, text me. Uh, we actually do offer them um, 15 or 20 minutes of if we think if you don't have some kind of a plan, you're, you're in big trouble right now. If yes. you don't, you know, right now it's the, the, uh, the beginning of the second half of the year. So we're really into re reestablishing your plan, refocusing. So if you need some help, if you need some information, if you just want a little bit of a reboot, you're welcome to call me or text me actually at uh, 951-212-1911. That's my cell phone. It rings right at my desk. It's with me at all times. Uh, if I if I'm on something else or just leave it a text and I will get back to you and we can set some kind of a, a quick meeting up and, and go through it. I'd be more than glad to do that. It'd be That's my great. pleasure. Well, thank you so much again. And for everybody out there, it's Neil Swartz. Please uh, look up his, what's your YouTube channel? Because I mean, you have a volume of information out there. What's that YouTube it's, channel? Uh, th- thank you. Thank you. It's, uh, it's Neil Schwartz, N-E-I-L. S-C-H-W-A-R-T-Z forward slash training. Got it. Okay. And it's on the YouTube channel and you'll find uh, in excess of 1,100 videos up there. Awesome. That's fantastic. And for those of you um, that are watching, if you have not subscribed to the my Facebook page called the Real Estate Sales Solutions, um, please go ahead and subscribe. This is actually live right now on that channel. But I also dump a lot of uh, you know training videos that I'm doing for my agents on that uh, Facebook uh, in, in that Facebook group. It is a closed group, but if you're in real estate and you ask to join, we'll let you in. We just keep the marketers out and the mortgage companies out and things like that, just to keep it clean and, and make sure it's a uh, real estate focused only and there's no soliciting. So please go to real estate sales solutions and, uh, and subscribe. Neil, we're going to do this again, even though we'll do a lot of this offline, but I think every once in a while we should do this, you know, online also, so we can uh, just share our message and, and, and our contribution. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Uh, I always love chatting with you and hopefully it helps somebody make, you know, some money today. I'm sure it will. All right, man. We'll talk soon. Take care, buddy. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you.